you so much for sharing that. Um, and isn't it amazing that the God who is the creator, the God who is holy, the God who is king above all kings, the God who is so faithful, the God who loves for eternity, wants us. He wants to know the depth of you. He doesn't just want to see your face and see you on the outside, but he wants to know your heart. He wants to know what hurts you, what brings you joy, the struggles that you have, the victories that you have, the thoughts that are in your head. He, he wants to know that. And because Jesus died on the cross for us, for me, for you, we can have a relationship with him, the creator of the world. The creator of the world. Guys, like, we don't even know the vastness of the world. We don't. People are still figuring it out. We still don't know. But yet God created all of that and still, us as little tiny human beings, he's like, hey, spend time with me. I want to spend time with you. Why don't you come sit? Isn't that amazing? Like, what in the world? Thank you, God. Thank you that you love me enough to show me who you are and to spend time with me and to let me live my life worshiping you. Isn't it an honor to do that, right? Because of who God is. Okay, if you'll turn in your Bibles, now we're actually going to get into some stuff. That was just fluff, okay? That was just fluff. <laughs> yes, no, all good things. And I hope that you keep those things in mind. And maybe you have personal, like, stories of why you can worship God. You know, maybe God's brought you out from an addiction, or maybe God has given you worthiness when you had no worthiness, or maybe God looked at you in the face and said, like, I love you, and that's, that keeps you going. You know, maybe you have those things that God has been just so special to you that you're like, this is valuable, and this is another reason why I worship, okay? But we could literally go on all night of, like, why do we worship God, right? Um, so let's dig in. What else is worship, okay? So John chapter 4 talks about the woman at the well. And if you go to any of the IDs, you've heard Ricky, the woman at the well, every Sunday, right? He's talking about that. Okay, so I'm going to be Ricky. No, not really. Um, I hope that y'all came in here tonight not expecting me to be Ricky. Because if you did, you are sorely disappointed. I am so sorry, okay? Next time, we'll just bring him, and I'll put a wig on him and say, you're a woman, do the women's conference, okay? It'll be fine. Anyways, so, woman at the well. But after Jesus encounters the woman at the well, right, and he, he sees her, right, he knows her, he loves her, he calls her out and says, I love you! Like, quit hiding, quit hiding, I love you so much, okay? So after all of that, she's like, okay, so I know we're supposed to go to the temple at this time, and I know we're supposed to worship here, so God, like, where are we supposed to worship? When are we supposed to worship? What, what's this whole worship thing about? How? Right? How do we do that? John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24 says, this is Jesus speaking. A time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and truth. Notice, he did not say, on the Sabbath at the temple in Jerusalem, you must do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. This many times a week, you must worship here. 
If you do not go to the temple and you do not worship on the Sabbath, you are not worship. No, there's none of that. He says in spirit and in truth. So what does that mean? Is it the experience? Mm -mm. If in your mind you say, okay, I'm going to worship, right? I'm going to a worship service. I'm going to worship on Sundays. That's when we worship that. That's not it, okay? Jesus doesn't say at this time for this thing, this is what you are to do. He says you are to worship in spirit and in truth, okay? So I know that sometimes we can get caught up in the experience of worship. We can get caught up in what it looks like, what it feels like, if it's too early, if it's too late, this person speaking today, this worship team's doing this, they're singing hymns, that's too loud, you know? I mean, I'm just saying, we get nitpicky. Well, I can't worship to that. Well, you're missing the point. Worship is not about a thing that we go to. Worship is something that we do in spirit and in truth. Okay, so what is spirit and truth? The spirit is what? The Holy Spirit, right? Okay, so the Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit gives us power. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God. Something that the Holy Spirit is hard to explain, right? You can't really like, this is the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, it's um, spirit, obviously. So how do you put the words, the Holy Spirit? But this is some things, these are some things that the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit guides us. We can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has power. There's prophecy in the name of the Spirit. We can be filled with the Spirit, right? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is our counselor. The Holy Spirit is our healer. The Holy Spirit is our interpreter. Okay, so um, that is the Holy Spirit, okay? And um, so we worship in spirit, but we also worship in truth. And so what is truth? Truth is God's word. Truth is scripture, okay? Truth is this. So we cannot, when we're worshiping individually, hopefully you worship individually, we cannot just worship spirit, right? That is emotions, right? We cannot, if we're worshiping in spirit alone, we are worshiping what? The feeling, the emotion, the presence, the aesthetics, right? We want the glam. We want the, I want, when I leave here, I want to have a spiritual high, right? I want to feel like I'm on top of the world and that I'm puffed up, okay? And a lot of the times that is, that is our emotion or we just want to feel the presence of God. We want to have chills on our bodies when we leave because we've just experienced the presence, right? Or we want to have power. We want to see healing happen. We want to see things happen, Okay, but sometimes when we get into that space, we're, we get to worship the things that God gives us, but not God himself, right? We tend to seek that, that big movement, right? The numbers, the big things. And then when we worship truth, we say, this is what scripture says, and nothing else can come in, right? So this is what scripture says, and I'm only going to sing songs, or I'm only going to say what is scripture. 
If it doesn't line up with scripture, no. Let me tell you a story. I grew up in church, okay? My view of church was school, honestly. We had Sunday school. If you've ever been in church as a young child, you probably can relate, okay? Actually, how many of you grew up in church? I just want to see. How many of you, this is your first time walking into a church building? How many of you came to church as an adult or a teenager? Okay, cool. Awesome. All right, so um, my view of church was very school-esque, right? Okay, so I mean, it's the same thing, right? You walk into school, you have a teacher, you get to play, you have recess, you have a snack, you have things that you need to learn, guys. We got to learn. We got to learn what this Bible says, period. Okay, so I grew up that way. My, my home was that way, right? If it doesn't line up with scripture, no. Okay, but then, you know, in church, we can all, who says that scripture is important? We can all say that. Who says that the Holy Spirit is important? Yeah, okay. Who says, who can say, like, I follow, I try to be obedient as much as possible to scripture and to the Holy Spirit? Yes, we can all say, right? Because, like, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, of course, duh. Why would I, like, that's crazy for me to not say. But what, what does our life look like? Okay, what do we practice? Okay, so anyway, going through my childhood and through church, school, very academic, really, learn these Bible stories. Okay, who's David? Who's Noah? Bible quizzes, go, 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 go. Scripture memorization, go, 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 go. And youth group, what do you know about God? Okay, let's ask this question, this very deep question, whatever, whatever. And whoever can answer, wow, they're mature. They got it going on. They're the ones who's been reading their Bibles. They're the ones who have a close relationship with Jesus because they can answer this biblical question. Now, am I saying that anything's wrong with that? No, of course we need to know scripture, right? And on the same way, of course we need to follow the spirit. Of course, yes, yes, yes. However, we talked about you know the Holy Spirit in church, um, but if you did anything that was more led by the Spirit. Ooh. Where does it say that in Scripture? Hmm. Okay. So I went to Houston um, as a junior in high school. Okay. Had a relationship with Jesus? Yes. Um, I was searching for what the Lord was calling me to career-wise. Where, what were my next steps? All right, I'm going to college. I was going to major in radiology. I was like, oh makes money to the medical field. I don't know. Sounds good. Okay. Radiology. Woo. Well, that summer I was earnestly praying like, Lord, what do you have for me? I don't really know. Like radiology, I can do it, but I'm not really passionate about it. I don't know. I was literally sitting in a shoe closet and the Lord, the spirit said to me, you're going to be a pastor's wife. No. Where in scripture does it say I'm going to be a pastor's wife? Nowhere. You know what I did? I said nothing. I told no one because I had so much self-doubt that I was like, that's not God. Can't, God can't speak to me like that. It has to be in scripture. There is no scripture that says Sarah Wilson will be a pastor. Sarah Godby will be a pastor's wife. There was, it was nowhere there. And so in my mind, automatically, I was like, that can't be God. God can't speak to me that way. It has to be in scripture. If, it's, if scripture doesn't back it up, then that can't be God. God does not speak that way. The end. 
So I didn't, I didn't open my mouth. I didn't tell anyone. I kept it to myself, and I was like, that was just me, I guess. I want to be a pastor's wife. That's cool, whatever. You know, I just kept it to myself. And even, and this is shameful to say, but even to the point where in church um, and in worship, you know, my own mother would raise her hand and I would elbow her. Put your hand down. Why? Because people were going to look and be like, what is she? she's off her rocker. She's crazy. Look at her raising her hand. So as a teenager, I was like, I don't want attention to our family. That's weird. Mom, put your hand down. And she's like, I don't care. Yeah, I'm just going to worship. I'm like, put your hand down. We don't do that here. Come on. You know? And we were very much, you do this, right? So um, then I, I married Ricky. And Ricky's like, on this side. <gasps> That's Ricky. And when I first met him, he was a very new Christian, and so he wasn't there yet. But as he got that way of, like, the Lord is speaking to me, I can, the Lord says this, I'm like, Scripture, where is it at? You he was like, what are you talking about? This is who God is, and this is what God is telling me to do, and I'm being obedient in that period. He was like, what are you talking about? I have to have exactly a Bible verse to say, you need to go feed this person. He was like, are you kidding me? Come on, that's ridiculous. But in my mind, I was like, but, but that doesn't, no, like, God... God's word is so important. Yes, it is very important. Yes, we should all be studying scripture. Yes, we have to know who God is. Jesus is the word, right? We have to know God. We have to know what he's done. We have to know who he is. Because if we don't know who he is, we can't worship, okay? So yes, we have to have a good grasp on scripture. And many of you, maybe some of you might be like, well, I'm, I'm shameful to say, like, I don't really know a lot of scripture. I don't really know a lot of the Old Testament. You know, like, I, I don't know that, so. God told me this. And then that's it. You're leaning more on the spirit side because you're compensating for not knowing truth, for not knowing scripture, right? And so, as believers, my point here is truth and spirit both have to be and it's not a little bit of scripture a little bit of spirit no all scripture all spirit put together it has to be both things together okay so when we know scripture we can know god we can know who he is we can fight the enemy like that's one of our tools guys we can fight the enemy with truth we have to because Sometimes we let the enemy in our minds and we can throw that out with scripture, with the word. But also, when we know truth, when we know scripture, the spirit is going to speak to us and the spirit is going to tell us, go, hey, do that thing. Hey, watch your mouth. Hey, I love you so much. Hey, give this person this thing. Hey, did you know that I'm the hope for you? You know, he's telling you, telling you, telling you, and at, at every turn we are following him because we know him from scripture, right? We know him from who he is and who the character of God is, and so that's why we can worship. And so then we're able to hear the spirit. We're able to obey the spirit. We're able to say, is this God calling me to this? Well, does that line up with who he is in scripture? Yeah, okay, then that's God. I'm going to do it, okay? So, um, 
depending on personalities or depending on how you were raised, we might have little leanings, right? So this is kind of weird to explain, but I, as I've experienced more of the Holy Spirit and I've opened my heart up to that, you know, a little bit more of like, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear that nudge. Was that you? Yep, that was you. Okay, here I go. You know, and so as I'm leaning this way, I found that I'm more of a spirit person, but growing up more of a truth person, I kind of put that aside because I felt like I couldn't trust it. You know, I felt like I couldn't trust the spirit's leaning. Um, But before we, we're going to jump in in just a minute to these leanings that we have. But before we do that, I want to go through a little bit of the not the dangers, but kind of the dangers of being one or another, okay? So when you're a truth person, you, you negate any kind of spiritual anything, right? So you are the person who is skeptical. If, someone's, if, someone, if you hear a prophecy, okay, you're like, nope, mm-mm, that's not true. Can't be true. It's not in scripture. God didn't speak that to you. No, right? Or oh, you're a strong Christian, you have a seminary degree, Oh, and you're a woman, <laughs> woo, you got it going on, girl, you are a woman with a seminary degree, you are close, as close to God as you could ever be, and that's what we think, you're not educated, Mm-mm. you don't know anything about God, oh, you didn't do this Beth Moore study, no, you're not it, right, or you can be over here on the spirit side, maybe a little bit nervous because well, I don't really know that much about God, but I feel it. Ooh, I can worship. Oh my gosh. Yep, I can praise. My heart is just so close to God. God is near me, and I listen to him, and I follow him, even though I don't really know who he is because I haven't read scripture, but ooh, I can follow him, and I can know him, and he's so close to me, right? And you value that, and then these people, they're just a bunch of sticks in the mud. Relax, you haven't been obedient. Why do you need all that education? You're not even obedient to that. You don't even follow God. All you want is his knowledge, right? And so what are we doing? We're being judgmental. We're being arrogant. As the church body, we are, you're lesser than, right? How about people within the church, right? You've got the worship team that's all like, woo, yeah, we can do anything for God. He's awesome. Versus the discipleship team, you must study this book. We're all going to study the book of John. And if you haven't memorized it by now, you are worthless. You are no good. So in the church, no one would say that. No one would say it. But in the church, that worship team, well, they're they're too far gone. You can't trust them with anything because they're just going to, woo! throw it all away it's Jesus Woo! right and that's all they are but the discipleship team over here man will you just go and like love somebody and do something why do you got to be just standing in your closet all the time reading scripture like apply it let's go okay so even within our church within ourselves you might say well yeah I know a good bit of scripture in the Holy Spirit yeah 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 but look at your life okay if you can if you can look back to the past month have you spent time studying scripture? Not just your devotional. The Lord is good. Done. I'm good. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Done. No. Who is God? What has God done? You know how we know scripture? The spirit tells us what it means. It does. You don't understand scripture? Ask the spirit to show you, to be your interpreter, to be clarity to you. That's when you can worship. 
Because guess what? Then it's not words on a page. It's the living God. And he says, read that again. <clears throat> read it again. Hey, your neighbor's struggling. Read it again. Okay, go. Go share. Is that you, God? Line up. Yep, it's you. I'm going to go. I'm obedient to that. Okay? So that's God. Have you been studying scripture? Not to be a know-it-all. Not to say, well, Phew. I know who God is. He is this, 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 this. We can't put God in a box. But do you know God in the ways that you can worship him so that you can be led by the spirit? Right? So those things, spirit and truth are interchangeable. Okay? If we have full truth, we have to have full spirit. We have to. I know that I'm talking like you can separate the two, but we really can't. He's God. He's one. Right? So probably we're putting on a false front somewhere if we're only doing one. We have to do both. That is God. Okay? So, truth and spirit together. If we're spirit people, then we're like, oh, I probably should know God. We're going to be truth people too. Right? So they both go, we can't have more and less, more or less, or one or the other. It has to be both. I had 100%. Spirit and truth to know God. So, let's look at this. Maybe you're like, I don't know if I lean more one way or another, but, sorry if I'm in the way. Um, Spirit leanings and truth. Maybe you're more of a, a spirit person. If you love to sit and listen in prayer, maybe it's important to know God intimately, have that relationship. Maybe you love talking about spirituality, right? Everything's like you harbor the presence of God. And I'm not, listen, I'm not making fun of one or the other. I hope it's not, maybe I'm being a little funny, but I'm not trying to say like, this is bad or this is bad. Like, I'm not making fun, okay? I'm just trying to give you a good picture of these are, all, these are good, but we just need to do both, okay? So maybe you love spirituality and all you talk about is the presence of God and feeling the power of God and, and that's what you're consuming. And you're talking about the movement of God and you want these big healings and prophecies and just a movement, um, any kind of like revival, that type of thing. And it can be like worldwide or like in your own church, right? Or in your own heart, those things. Or if you have truth leanings, you love to read and study scripture. And one thing that's really important to you is to understand who God is. And you love talking theology. In college, again, I just set myself up going to some of these places. But in college, of course, you know, I chose a church body that fit what I was used to, that fit, um, what I grew up with. And so when I went to church and college, great church, church plant. I mean, they did a lot of things right. Just great church. But every college student, you going to seminary? Going to seminary? You going to seminary? Ooh, you got a seminary degree. Hey, let's, we're having, every week, we're having an apologetics class. That's what was important. You have to be able to defend your faith. You have to know scripture. If you can't defend your faith, when someone comes up to you and you just look like a blabbing whatever, come on, now you're going to give God a bad name. You have to know what scripture says. And so every week, as college students, if you weren't going to seminary, guess what? You were studying apologetics because you had to be able to defend your faith. Is that bad? No. That's great. If you haven't taken an apologetics class or you haven't done th something in that realm, do it. It's amazing. You will learn like God is the best, right? And this is who God is. And this is why he's the only king. And this is why 
He is God, right? And you will learn and it will be great. However, that's what was most important to them. Was it ever a time of, okay, this is, this is what truth is, now do it. Now follow the Spirit, now be obedient to the Spirit. Not much. If, if you said the Spirit told me, well, you better have some scripture, right? Or there'd be some, mm, are you sure? sure, maybe talk to somebody else, or maybe later, maybe now's not the time, but, you know, it would be kind of a soft, mm, rethink that, right, and so um, we can get caught in one or the other, but it has to be both, and so we have to not judge each other if we have a leaning or whatever, one way or another, maybe tonight is a night that you can say, okay, God, I love your word, but help me be obedient, right? Help me know your voice. It can be so hard to say, was that me or was that God? I don't know. Okay, if, if God is asking you to do something that is according to who he is and his character, and it is something that is love, right, and it's not something for yourself, that's God. Do it, okay? And ask several times in my, my life, I've asked God, like, help me be sensitive to your voice. Can you just show me? Is this you? Help me, help me. He'll help you. He's not going to be like, no, I'm not going to tell you who I am. My lips are sealed. No. He's going to say, this is who I am. Hello. Can you hear me? This is who I am. Go do it. You didn't hear it that time. Go do it again. You didn't hear it that time. Go do it. Go do it. Here's scripture that tells you to do it. Go do it. Go do it. Here's scripture. You need scripture. Here's scripture. Now here's the Holy Spirit. Go do it. Right? He gives us what we need. He's not trying to confuse us, not trying to make us like, well, I don't know. Okay? He will give you what you need. And all of this is to worship him right? Spirit and truth is the fullness of God. If we only have one, that's like half God, you know? All of God. Don't you want to know God in the fullness of who he is and to be able to worship him, not just to thank him or not just to, for what he's done, but like who you are beyond scripture, but to know even more in depth who he is. So, this. Here's an illustration for spirit and truth, right? A bonfire. Who loves bonfires? Listen, give me some s'mores. I'm ready to go. Okay. Bonfires. Love it. What do you need to have a fire? Two things. Wood. Another thing. Flame. Fire. You got it. Y'all know how to do it. Okay. So spirit and truth is like a bonfire. Okay. We have the wood and that is foundation, right? That is structure. That is steady. It is there, okay? It will not move. will stand the test of time. They've been using fires for bon- or wood for fires for a long time, and they still use wood for fire for a long time, okay? And then we have the flame. This thing, it's very easy to, whoa, come on. But this is like spirit, right? Can I have a bonfire? Let's go to a bonfire. What if I just shut up with this? Can I roast marshmallows? Like, all right, guys, everybody roast your little marshmallow. This is great. Woo, bonfire! And I ran out of fluid. You know, like, it's, I didn't really, but this is the flame. And so the flame can ignite something, right? When I start a bonfire, I will ignite it, and it will, right? It will start blazing. It also moves. I don't know if you've ever seen flames, but if the wind blows, that thing's going crazy, right? So it can move, it can ignite, and it has power. 
Have you ever seen like video or pictures of a forest fire and just the flame that's like That's the spirit, right? We have to have foundational truth. We have to have scripture that is the foundation, that is steady, that will stand the test of time forever, always has and always will. That is the, we can't have a bonfire without wood. We just, we've got this, right? And so we have to have scripture. But you can't just have scripture that's wood. There's no fire. Something's got to light it up to ignite it so that it can move, so that it can have power, so that it can sweep through the generations so it can get to your heart and heart maybe and so that's the flame that's the spirit that is lighting up okay so i'm going to read if you want to turn to you can but i'm going to read exodus 14 and i'm going to hurry up because i'm being long-winded ricky he's influencing me (laughs) but i just want to read this story of um, Moses in the Red Sea. It's going to be long, but I'm not going to like break it down. So just read it. And I just want to point out a few things, but I am going to read this whole thing. Exodus chapter 14. This is God, the Lord, speaking to Moses. 14. Yes, I will talk about that in a minute. So don't look at the screen. Nope, you're good. We will talk about 15 in just a minute. 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Hiroth, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite Baal-Zephon. Pharaoh will think, The Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his enemies, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So, the Israelites what? They did it. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their mind about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their service. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers all over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi. I had this down and now I can't even think of how to pronounce it. Hiroth, opposite Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said, Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die out here in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through the Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army and withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought the darkness to one side and to light the other. 
So neither went near the other all night long. Isn't that crazy? Like, literally, God made it light some places and dark some places so that they wouldn't have to see each other, but they are probably like right next to each other. It's crazy. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud of the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. There's the glory right there. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea went back into its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots, horsemen, and entire army of Pharaoh had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went down through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and Moses as their servant. So then right after that, Miriam, I don't know if you've heard about Miriam, but she's Moses' sister. She was with them, the Israelites, this whole time. In chapter 15, verse 19, it says, When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam, the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand, and all of the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver has hurled into the sea. So here Miriam is, after all of this going on, she's a prophet, which, kudos to a woman prophet. Let's go, okay? Anyways, she's a prophet, and she's singing. She's worshiping. She's giving praise. Why? Because of what God had done, right? He did something. But also... To Moses, the Lord had been speaking, right? So the, verse 1, the Lord said to Moses. Verse thir- 15, when the Lord said to Moses. Verse 26, the Lord said to Moses. Okay, so the Lord said truth. This is what God said. Bam, this is what it is. But then in verse 19, the angel of God who had been traveling in front, right? So the spirit of God in fire and in cloud. So it wasn't just that, okay, Moses, I hear you, God. Yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, God, we'll do it. I hear you again. No. Yeah, God, I hear you. Here's the spirit. Okay, come this way. Come, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Oh, this is the Red Sea? Okay, cool. Oh, I need to do it right here? Okay. And the cause, like, hold on, I got you. I'm going to split right here. Okay, you guys go. I'm going to stay right here. I got this. Woo! You go, 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 go. All right, now you go, 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 go. Oh, you die, right? <laughs> that's my version, okay? <laughs> I feel like it's a cartoon or something. Anyway, so, um, but, but that, that cloud and that fire, okay, that's the spirit, right? So is it, is it cool for Moses to be like, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. That's what, that's what God said, that's what God said. Or, okay, spirit, I'm following you, but where are we going? I don't know where we're going. Where are we going? Um, what am I doing here? This is the Red Sea. What am I supposed to do? 
No, God told you. That was truth. God told you what to do. And Spirit, now the Spirit's leading you where to go. And the Spirit's protecting you from these people because God told you what to do. Spirit and truth. And then after God shows up, after God's obedient in your life, after God is like breaking your heart and making it soft, and you're able to see people in your life come to know him, you're able to overcome struggle, sin. You, you see who you are in Christ. You, you love God because of his word and because he's guided you. Guess what? Praise! Praise! That's worship! That's worship, Miriam. I'm praising you from the truth to the spirit to what you've done because you're going to do it again and you're going to be exalted over all things because this is who you are, this is what you've done, and this is how you've guided us. And at every turn, we've been obedient to you. And here's God. Here's God. So how are we getting in the way of that? What are we doing where we're like, "Mm, maybe just God, maybe just spirit, maybe, I don't know. If you, want to, if you want to know God, know the fullness of God, you've got to know scripture, and you've got to listen to the spirit. Okay, I'm done beating that horse. Y'all ready to move on? I'm ready to move on. Okay, we're going to park a little bit in Romans 12. And I'm going to speed this up, because y'all are probably like, you are just talking too much. Romans 12, this is worship, okay? Romans 12, 1 and 2. And we've actually, we've already done some of this because I skip, skipped ahead earlier. We're going to get back into groups in just a minute, but I'm going to say a few things. Romans 12, chapter 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. God's mercy is the reason we worship, the things that we talked about earlier, right? So the motivation of worship. Why? That's our why. We have to have a reason Why? Or else we're just, what, giving up empty words to God? Not really worshiping him out of our hearts. We're just, "Mm, okay. But because God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. Because he's faithful, because he's healer, because all the things that we talked about earlier. Okay, so in view of God's mercy, then how? What's our manner of worship This says to offer your bodies or to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Guess what, guys? We were created for worship. We were created for worship. So God gave us our bodies, which encompass a few things, okay? But God gave us our bodies for the intent of worship. And so, um, because of sin, right, then that kind of taints things. But we were designed with our full selves to worship God, to experience the fullness of Christ. And to be a living sacrifice literally means to give up our desires, our wants, our ideologies, maybe our past, our things we were taught or things that we think should happen, or that, you know, th- that makes sense, right? Those things, anything that we, we want, we give that up. That is our living sacrifice. So in Deuteronomy chapter 6, we, you don't have to turn there, um, but we see the Israelites reciting the Shema, 
Okay? If you all know what the Shema is, maybe. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 6. So it's also in Mark. And so the Shema, and you don't have to turn to it, I'll read it to you, is, this is like one of the greatest commands, right? The most important one, Jesus says, is this, and this is him quoting the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And the second command is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So in Deuteronomy, the Shema, God had commanded them and said, hey, I'm the focus here, okay? So in your waking, in your sleeping, every single day, I am the Lord. So literally every morning when the Israelites would wake up, they would have a gong or a bell or something that would go off. And all of the Israelites would recite this. Hear, O Lord, the Lord is one. Right? And they would say that together as a group of people acknowledging that God is the God alone, right? the only one who can save, but also that we reminding them that we need to love our God with our whole selves as a living sacrifice, pleasing to him. And that is our spiritual worship. So let's talk for a minute <clears throat> about our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And these things kind of connect back to the spirit and truth type stuff we've been talking about. So your heart, the feelers out there, who's like, my heart, oh my gosh, I'm so emotional. Who's emotional? Yeah, not me, so I don't really get you guys, but cool, I'm glad, so glad. You're our feelers, right? Yes, and it's hard. Oh my gosh. You're very empathetic, right? You're very much... You can cry with somebody. Don't ask me to cry with you because I'll sit there and I'll pray and it'll be awkward and I'm sorry, but I'm just not going to cry. Okay, so if you need a crier, Sarah Grace is a girl. Okay, so heart, our heart, our feelings, our emotions, our desires, that has to be given up to God. Mm -hmm. Eek. How you feel about something is not the end all be all. I'm sorry. God cares about how you feel. He does. So take that to him. God cares about what you desire. He does. So take that to him. And sometimes he uses those things through the Holy Spirit to push you to do something or to give you a gifting or something that he wants to use in you, right? And so, but we have, we're heart people. We are feelers. Worship to us is how it makes me feel. So some of you feelers... We need to be hyped up, right? All right, Maverick City, where you at? Come on, let's go, yeah. This is my worship jam, Maverick City. Hillsong, where you at? Hillsong, Bethel, you know, whatever. You've got, you've got your, this is gonna give me an emotional response, and so I need that, I want that, I'm relational. That can be used, right? God uses people for relationships all the time. I'm not saying it's bad but you are a relational, how's it going, how you feeling, you good, you okay, everybody all right, you need something, let me be your mama, okay, sweet, that's great, I love people like that, thank you for checking on me, if you checked on me, okay, but those are our feelers, right, and so we want that emotional response, we want that, that can be good, left unchecked, well, it's how I feel and that's it, 
you hurt my feelings. And so, mm-mm, that's, that's all that matters, right? But it's more than that, okay? And, and how I worship, it's, it's how I experience things. To me, that's worship. Let's go back to spirit and truth. Spirit and truth, both, okay? So our hearts, we have to give those emotions, those things to the Lord. Our soul, our heart's soul, the soul is the piece of us that yearns for God. I don't know if you've ever worshipped, I don't know, I worship, no, I'm not going to say the best, but I have great worship experiences in the car. That's just what it is. That's just how I, I relate to God most. And so just those times of like worshipping with your soul, you're like, oh, I'm satisfied, right? You feel like I just ate a full spiritual meal. I'm satisfied. I'm full. The world can't touch me. Go, 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 go. This is God. Woo! Right? But we all have that yearning in our heart to worship God. And our soul, our soul longs for God. And that's, that's how we were created. And so that peace in you that, that longs for God. A lot of times we can push that down because of sin, right? And sin taints that. And our sin nature, which all of us have, it's a battle between our flesh and our soul wanting God. So a lot of times we don't have that yearning for God. Sometimes maybe you do, but because we have flesh, we kind of push that out to the side. But when you experience the fullness of God and you experience being satisfied in Christ, your soul is like, this is why I was created, because of God. Okay, mind. How many of us have had some bad thoughts? Yeah. Me, 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 me. Anyway, okay, so your thoughts, okay, that's our, our mind is our thoughts. Did you know that scripture says to take every thought captive to Christ? You know, sometimes people are like, well, it just popped in my head. I can't, I can't help what I'm thinking. Yes, you can. You, it's in your head. Take it back. Lord, take that captive. Take that captive. That's, take that back. Take that, God. Take that continuously. Thought, take that. Then it starts to be, you take your thoughts captive, and then you're noticing what I'm looking at. Nope, that's a trigger. I'm not looking at it. Or that's a desire. Nope, I'm not doing it. Because a desire produces a thought. A thought produces an action. So if we can take our thoughts captive to Christ, which means, does it align with Scripture? Does it align with who God is? My thoughts that I'm having, that I'm judgmenting, I'm judging this person, or I'm critiquing what they look like, or I'm fussing at my husband, or I'm thinking, well, if I have to do one more thing, load of laundry, I'm going to lose myself. You know? And your thought, no. Nope, we take that. That's gone. Because then it becomes an action. It becomes an attitude. It becomes what we do. So we're taking our thoughts to Christ. But more than that, so our thoughts, we've got to give those up. To be a living sacrifice, presenting our bodies, thoughts is in that. We've got to give that to God, sacrifice that. But in our mind, in our thoughts, we've got some thinkers. Who are thinkers in here? Like, I'm a feeler, I'm a thinker. Everything's got to be logical. It's got to make sense. Guess what? Sometimes God doesn't make sense. A lot of times, if you can explain it to where it makes sense, it's probably not God. (laughs) A lot of times, I'm saying, why? Because God wants us to trust him. 
He wants us to rely on him. And if it just happened in human reasoning and it would make sense, okay, this happens, then this happens, then this happens, and then God won't have enough money, then I'll do this, then I'll have this child, then I'll do... No. God says, hey, when you've got no money, when you're just like on the floor, well, then I'm going to do something. Why? God's the glory of God. He gets all the attention. He gets all the praise. He gets everything that we are because, well, I couldn't do it. I can't explain it. I don't know how it happened. It's impossible for us, but God did it. And that's the point, right? So logic, we don't have to have things. And when we get into that mind space of, I have to have everything, give that to God. Give your mind to God. Also mind and the thought of what? Theology, right? Only truth. It's what you know. It's your knowledge. It's your intellect. If I can just know enough, that'll give me reason to, I can spill out every reason, or I can say everything to make myself look good. If I know these things, then this is what I can say and everybody be off my back. Or, well, you memorized that whole chapter in the Bible. You did a great job. You know what? I sure did. Thanks. And what's that? It's my ego because I did something, right? And that's in my mind. And that's the focus is knowledge, intellect, understanding. You know who gives understanding? Scripture does, right? Scripture gives understanding and clarity. The Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know who gives wisdom? Well, Scripture does, right? We've got a whole book, Proverbs. Holy cow. The book of wisdom, right? We've got a whole book. We can just study that. But you know who's going to really like, hey, didn't you read that in Scripture? Hey, didn't Proverbs say to not be jealous? Hey, didn't Psalms say to rejoice or what, you know? Didn't? Yeah, that's the Spirit reminding you, hey, this is who God is, this is what he's done, this is what he's going to do, right? And he's reminding, and then we can put it into practice because we have the Holy Spirit reminding us. So our mind, our knowledge, we've got to give all that up. And then last thing is strength. Have you ever heard, like a lot of times in sports, people say, just give it all you got. Leave everything out on the field, right? You hear that term, maybe if you're a soccer mom or one day I'll be a soccer mom. (laughs) I don't know. If you're a soccer mom or a baseball mom or whatever you are or Maybe you played sports, just give it all you got, lay it out on the field, and then afterward you can recoup. Okay, that's strength, is following God, loving God with everything that you have, right? You laying it all out, give it all you've got. It's not like, oh, oh, I'm going to the gym, no. Or it's not like your heart, my strength, no. It's your willpower, right, your will. You are giving God every ounce of your being, you're giving it everything that you have to follow Christ, to know God, to experience him, to know truth, and to know spirit, and to be able to have those things together. Okay, so God wants all of us, right? He doesn't just want your emotions. He doesn't just want you to, you know, have everything in check emotionally, right? I am healthy emotionally. Great. Okay, good. I'm glad. Now, when something else happens, well, we can figure that out, right? Okay? He doesn't just want you to be healthy emotionally or to just feel God. He doesn't just want just your soul, the part that he created that worships him. He doesn't just want your mind, your intellect, what you know about God. Did you know? Who confirms salvation? The Spirit? The Spirit seals you? So if you just know scripture, 
right? If you just grew up going to Sunday school, you're not being obedient to the Spirit and you don't know the Spirit and the Spirit hasn't shown himself to you and you haven't like, okay, that was God. Do you know God? Do you have a relationship with God? Or do you just have an academic theology of this is God? Clunk my book. I've got this memorized. Check, 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 check. Have you put it into practice? Do you know the spirit? Okay. So, and then your strength. God wants all of you. God doesn't want all of your efforts to be put towards your job. God doesn't want all of your will and everything that you are to be put towards your appearance. God doesn't want everything that you are to be put towards Sunday morning, what it looks like, what it feels like, what's said, what's not said. Mm -mm. In, In the daily, God wants all of you to be a living sacrifice to him. Your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. So truth and spirit put together, God wants a fully informed mind, right? He wants you to know who he is. He wants a fully informed mind and a deeply stirred heart those things to come together in individual worship and in corporate worship. Okay, I have a study for you. There's a Barna group that surveyed thousands of people who say that they go to church. And the question was, to these thousands of people, the question was, okay, you go to church, how much has going to church changed your life? Okay, so you think about that. Has it greatly, has church greatly changed your life? Has church somewhat changed your life, or has church not changed your life? 26% of those people, which I tried to go back and look how, exactly how many people they surveyed. I never got a straight answer, so I'm just saying a lot, okay? And these are regular churchgoers, not just someone who popped in and popped out, regular churchgoers. 26% said that their lives greatly changed from going to church. 25% said, my life has somewhat changed. said church has not changed my life one bit. Isn't that crazy? Why do you think that is? Just think about it. You don't have to give an answer. Why do you think that is? Do you think we as humans are worshiping the experience of church? Maybe we're worshiping the knowledge of scripture? and we're not worshiping the living God? If we had scripture, if we loved God's word, we knew who God was, we let the word of God change us, and we had the Holy Spirit giving us power and guiding us in every moment of our lives, every moment. Do you know what kind of power that would be? Can you imagine, okay, if every moment was... Lord, Spirit, I'm relying on you. Go here, go there, talk to this person, give this person this thing, do this at work, do this at home. Be constantly, it's not nothing about me, but it's always God. Wow, how powerful would that be? On a Sunday morning, if we didn't care about what happened here, we didn't care about it, we cared about Jesus getting glory, we could be foolish at church because of Jesus, we could not care about what other people thought because of Jesus, We cannot care about what kind of music was played. Guess what? You know when you're worshiping, specifically at church, if whatever music is being played, you don't like. It's a good thing. It's good. Why? 
Can you still worship when there is, I don't know, bluegrass music going on? Can you worship? If not, you are worshiping the experience. You're not worshiping God because you just want what your ear likes, what your heart likes. I'm not going to that church. Are you kidding me? They read from KJV only. I don't understand that. No. Hmm. Do you know God? Can you read scripture? Can you allow the Holy Spirit to interpret that for you? Mm-hmm. Right? So within our hearts, we have to give it up. Give up who we are. Give it up. Give it up. That is worship. In our churches, we've got to give it up. Give it up for our preferences. It's not about that. Even to go a little further, I'm not getting into politics, right, or whatever, but denominations, y'all are too hyped up over there, right? Or you all are just, man, fire and brimstone, that's it. That's all you got. Come on now. What if it's both? What if it's all? Are there things that are right and wrong? A hundred percent. Yes. What should we do? Everything goes back to scripture, right? Everything goes back to the word. Everything is tested by scripture. Everything is tested by the spirit. So I'm not saying if people are doing things that is against God and against what his word says and against what the Holy Spirit says that you can just say, okay, it's fine. No, there are some things that are wrong and that are not God. But if it's just something that like, man, I like this or I don't know about that. Do you think maybe God wants to stretch you? God wants to grow you. God wants to open your mind and your heart just a little bit to see who he is. Amos chapter 5, if you want to look at it later, Amos chapter 5 talks about cultural worship and worship as an obligation. And you know what it says? God hates it. Hates cultural worship and worshiping out of obligation. If you come to church on Sunday morning just to see your friends or just to, you know, like the music or Ricky's preaching today, woo-woo, we get a show. Stay home. It's not worship. Stay home. God hates that. Hates it. Or you feel like, well, okay, if I don't raise my hand today and act like I'm worshiping, then somebody's going to think something's wrong with me. Or if I don't sing this song, or if I don't go up to the front and pray, or if I don't, hey girl, if I don't put my happy face on, someone's going to think something's wrong. Someone's going to ask me a question, and so I just got to show up, I just got to do my thing, and I'm good. Hey. Mm-mm. You're worshiping out of obligation, or, man, if I don't serve this way, if I don't love this person, God's going to be mad at me. God's not going to think I'm good enough. God's going to be disappointed in me. God's not disappointed in you. You can't do anything to disappoint him. God loves you for who you are, not for what you do for him. He wants you to give up yourself for him. So worship, what is worship? Spirit and truth with our whole selves, living sacrifice, but in his obedience to the spirit and to the truth. Obedience, walking in that. We worship with everything that we are, but first it starts inward. You notice that worship is never, okay, I'm just gonna raise my hands, that's worship. Mm-mm. It starts within your inside. Just like the praise thing, you know, going back to what God has done, 
Okay, these are things that God has done, and so I'm praising him for that. This is how I worship in my heart and from the overflow of my mind, my desires, who I am and my giving up of that and who God is, then I can worship. Okay, I'm wrapping up, guys. I know y'all are getting sleepy. All right, Ephesians chapter 3 says, this was his intent. Listen to this. This is really cool. His intent, God, his intent was that through the church, us, through the church, Big C Church, not any of the churches that we attend or that we don't attend or whatever, the Big C Church, people who have come into a relationship with God, who follow God, who love God. His intent was that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in the Christ Jesus. Guess what? God wants to show off who he is by giving his multifaceted wisdom to believers in the church. AKA, here we go. Here's an, a story for you. Oh, well, just a little story. Okay, I'm here in America and I see the moon and I can call my friend in Europe or I can call my friend in Australia, which I don't have, I'm not cool enough, I don't have friends in those places. But if I did, I could say, hey, this is what the moon looks like. It's a crescent and it's white and I don't know, there's a cloud covering a little bit. What's your moon look like? Well, I got a full moon over here and it's clear, you know, skies are clear, there's no cloud. And my friend over here can say, well, I don't even see the moon. I don't know where it's at. I don't know. I think it's just really cloudy and I don't even see the moon. How many moons are there? Like in the world? One, right? One moon. My, what I see is different than what they see is different than what they see. But guess what? It's the moon. When I see God and I know who God is in my life, it might look different. God did this in my life. God did this in my life. God did this in my life. This is how I worship God. 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 We worship the same God. Now can I call my friend and say, okay, this is the moon. This is what it looks like. What's your moon like? Well, it's red. And I don't know. It kind of looks like a star. Are you sure that's the moon? I don't think that's the moon. I think, look again. Right? And so sometimes people think that something's God, but it's really not God. Right? And we might have to say, okay, check your Bible. Right? Talk to the Holy Spirit about that. Is that God? I don't know. You, you know, maybe not. But is it okay for us to worship in different ways? For God to speak to us in different ways? Can that still be God? 100%. Doesn't God give the church different giftings? Right? We all work as different parts of the body, but we're all worshiping the one true God. And so before we start saying, well, you're not smart enough, you're not spiritual enough, you don't know enough of the truth, well, you don't do this, or you don't do this, or Sunday morning looks like this, and I don't like it, or, well, when I have quiet time, I do this, and this, and this, oh, you don't, mm. you know, before we start doing that, can we say, tell me about what God's doing in your life, here's what God's doing in my life, this is who God is, who's God to you? What's God doing? How's he showing himself to you? And we can all worship the same God, right? Before we start saying that, and that brings glory. When we show off the multifaceted wisdom of God on display through the church, the angels notice. The angels in the heavenly places look down in glory. Why? Because the church is being the church. 
We're not sitting here criticizing and saying, oh, oh, we're worshiping God. We're praising God for what he's done. And it doesn't matter what it looks like or what it feels like or if it's scripture, if it's the spirit, do it. That shows the glory of God. So how does Christ want you to grow in loving him? Maybe there's something tonight where you're like, man, I feel like maybe I should know more scripture. Or man, I feel like I should, you know, soften my heart towards the spirit. Or man, I need to spend time in silence and solitude so that I can hear God. Or man, I need to, I need to open my Bible. I haven't done that in a while. I need to spend time in scripture. Or man, my thoughts are just going wild. My desires are not aligned with God. Or I let myself control things and I need to just let that go and let God handle that. So we can grow in our love for Christ by spending time in his word, spending time in silence and solitude. We can share with God our hearts and feelings instead of just keeping them in and keeping control, sharing those with Christ and praising him for what he's done, listening to God through the Holy Spirit and listening to his guidance with scripture, letting the Holy Spirit interpret scripture to us. It's the coolest thing. If you haven't experienced that, it's literally the coolest thing. And so worship, it's a daily thing, our hearts who we are. It's a daily sacrifice, not just a worship service. So I want this next um, 20 or so minutes to be worship. And Sarah, if you want to go to that next slide, the prompt about um, worshiping God through Trials and joys and all of that. Okay. So we were going to split them into groups, but we're not going to do that. I just want you guys to think about these things and really ponder with God, with the Spirit, on me, myself. Do I allow the Holy Spirit to guide me step by step, turn by turn? Do I know who God is and who His character is from Scripture? Can I worship? And then, how do I worship in trials? How do I worship in the mundane when everything, the routine, right? Being a mom, you're like, oh my gosh, if I have to scrub one more bottle, if I have to put food on a plate one more time, the mundane, how do we worship? Because we can't just say, oh, that worship doesn't apply. It does. How do we worship through the mundane? Or how do we worship when, woo, I just got a job promotion. Yeah, I'm on cloud nine. When everything's going great, how do you worship? How do you give that to God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength? How do you? And so the last piece here in Romans chapter 2, let me find it again, is do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So our minds are renewed, right? I don't even know where that is in my notes, but our minds are renewed. We now don't do things out of us, but we do things because our hearts are aligned with Christ. And our, it's, we are literally, our minds are transformed, are changed. We're not desiring the old. The new has come, right? We're not stuck in our flesh. We're not stuck in worldly things. 
God literally changes our mind. That's what repentance is, is changing your mind. You want to know how you can change your mind? True and proper worship. That's what it says, what verse 1 says. Living your bodies as a holy sacrifice, being transformed by the renewing of your mind through God's word, through God's spirit. He changes your mind. You don't need those things. So I'm going to ask Kaylee to come up and lead us in worship. So during this time, you can have time with God, right? Okay, God, who are you? Maybe you don't know who God is. That's possible. You're like, okay, all these things that you're talking about, like spirit and truth, I got no idea. I don't even know what you're saying. Can I tell you that the creator of the universe created everything into existence? He spoke it. You, he breathed life into you. And because of disobedience, because of sin, because of doing things how we want to, we kind of, I'm going to do what I want to do. And sin, God cannot be with sin because he's perfect. And so we are separated from him. But God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. To say, you know what, even though you guys aren't doing what I'm asking you to do, you aren't worshiping me, you're worshiping other things, yourself, money, sex, relationships, clothes, material, drinking, I don't know. Fill in the blank. You're worshiping this as a priority to you. Well, because you're doing that, I don't care. I love you. And I want you. And I want a relationship with you. So I'm going to send my son to die on the cross for you. Because there has to be death to pay for sin. Right? So he died on the cross for you. If you haven't heard that before, he loves you. He died for you. And he wants a relationship with you. And because he died for you, you can now have a relationship with him and you can now know God, right? It's not some foreign thing where it's like, oh, one day I'll know who God is. God is here now. His presence is here with you. Jesus, he knew scripture, right? Jesus was the word. He knew scripture like he's God, right? But he also, did you know that if you go, if you go through the gospels and you, and you, read about Jesus, literally it says, the Spirit guided him. The Spirit guided him. The Spirit guided him. Every miracle, everything that he did, the Spirit guided him. He could have, I don't need you, I'm God. In his humanness, he said, Spirit, I need you. I have the word. This is who God is. I, I know truth. He fights Satan with truth. He spits out scripture. He knows scripture. But he also, Spirit, you're leading me here? Yep. Spirit, you're leading me here, this person? Yep. Spirit, I'm here. Yep, I'm here, I'm here. God submitted to that. God, Jesus, submitted to the Holy Spirit. And so if Jesus thought it was necessary to be led by the Spirit to do his ministry, we need to be led by the Spirit to do our ministry. So God wants a relationship with you. And when you come into a relationship with him, he gives you his Spirit, living and active. Your Spirit, he seals you with his Spirit. Like, isn't that crazy? That's crazy. So, we're going to sing and worship. And we have pillows up here. If anybody wants to use these to kneel before God, maybe you thinking about those postures of praise. You want to kneel before God. 
you want to stand up and praise. You want to look like a fool. You, God's given you maybe you're a spirit person and you have pictures. We've got painting in the back. If you want to sit back and paint something that God's laying on your heart, you can paint in the back. You can sing. You can hopefully not just sit there, stand up and worship or come to the front. Or There's lots of space. Yeah. I didn't mean that against you. I'm so sorry. Your heart is like, woo, 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 woo. Love it. Anyway, um, but you can just be anywhere you want to. So this space is open. Don't feel like, Okay, so we're going to worship God in spirit and in truth. Lord Jesus, we love you so much, God. Thank you for showing yourself to us, God. Thank you that while we were sinners, Christ died for us, God, that you want us to know you. You want us to experience the fullness of you, to know the depths and the widths of who you are, God. Thank you that you give us your word. You give us your spirit, Lord, and we can worship you with our whole selves, God. And it's not by what we can do, but it's because you are so worthy. God, it's because of your mercies. It's because we want to lift you higher, Lord. We want your glory to resound in this place, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your spirit, God and just the, the nudging that you give, Lord, and just revealing yourself to us. Lord, I pray during this time it would be worship to you, that would be pleasing to your ears, Lord, and that we would um, just be living sacrifices, giving up our minds, our thoughts, our intellect, our feelings, our physical bodies, Lord, our will, our want to, Lord, that that would just be for you and that there would be room for nothing else. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for having mercy on us. Thank you that um, we can come to you, God, and that you meet us here and that your presence is real, that your Holy Spirit is real, that scripture is real. Lord, I pray right now would be a time where these ladies can share with you what's on their hearts, Lord. And whenever um, they need, whatever business they need to take care of with you, Lord, whatever way that they need to worship with you, Lord, I pray that um, they would just feel free to worship. God, we lift you high and we give you all praise. It's in Jesus' name, amen.